Hey, hey, you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. I'm John Goldman, and you're listening to us on Radio Harbor Country. That's WRHC 106.7 out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. And uh, we are underwritten, Johnny's Secret Stash is underwritten by Kara's Cottages, one of downtown Kalamazoo's first Airbnbs. Kara's Cottages are within walking distance of local shops, breweries, and some of Michigan's most beautiful walking trails. Additional information at karascottages.com. That's Karas and Cottages with a K. And I am more than thrilled to welcome back my uh, my good friend Ron Spears, who's been on the show a couple times already, and uh, and Dino Jackson. Uh, and Dino and Ron are in a band together, and uh, hopefully we'll both get a chance to hear some music from them today. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit directly. Ron, uh, congratulations on uh, becoming the president of the School of American Music. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, and the School of American Music is, uh, and I, I'll, I want you to elaborate on this a little sure. bit, but it's uh, a local uh, institution, non-for-profit, that uh, um, uh, provides uh, teaching uh, and training for music as well as um, hosts shows and uh and concerts here we, we do all of that it uh we're based in three oaks it's a 501c3 nonprofit, and our goal is to provide music education for the general community uh in this part of michigan uh, in many cases we provide elementary school programs where there aren't any yeah uh, we deal with a lot of homeschool children and we deal with adults children i've had students teaching guitar from 75 to 15 <clears throat> you've so, you've taught students who are seventy five to fifteen. That's right. Yeah, that's okay. right. And in between. Yeah. So, but, but we teach all kinds of instruments like piano, clarinet, trumpet, um, flute, dulcimer, ukulele, violin. So we and we have some very dedicated teachers, and we just celebrated our tenth anniversary. Yeah, in twenty twenty two. And so um, you've just become the president, and you've got some ideas and uh, oh, yeah. things you want to do. Uh, maybe they'll come up organically during the show. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> uh, we can talk about them specifically. Yeah. Uh, and with us today, Dino Jackson, who's got uh, a bag full of harps. So really looking forward to hearing from him. And uh, Dino and Ron, you guys have been uh, playing together, right? For about a year. Almost. Almost yeah. a year. So, uh, and what kind of uh, music do you play together? Is it a, a band? Do you, uh... Right now it's the two of us. Dino kind of formed the first part of it was called uh, Jazz Duo. Dino is a very accomplished French horn player. Oh, and, really? And, and so okay. between that and guitar, we, uh, we do a lot of, of uh, great American songbook standards. Um, this part of it is called the Blues Duo. Oh, man. Or as I call it, the, great, the, the Guitar Blues Project where we focus on old-timey blues from the late 20s, 30s, and 40s. Awesome. That's, that's just right up my alley. Yeah. So uh, Robert Johnson, I mean, he was right smack there in the middle uh, of the yeah, yeah. Sun, Sun Ra, right? Yeah. No, Sun House. Sun House, yes, thank you. Um, I'm He's, a big fan of, of Blind Blake, Big Bill Brunsey, Mississippi yeah. John Hurt, things like that. Oh, man. You know, a lot of those old guys. That's great. So uh, have you gotten a chance to play out or just a lot of practicing? Well, I've been, I play this stuff routinely over the course of the summer. Yeah. Uh, Dino and I played the American Music Festival to start off last summer. And he said, and once with me at Bridgman, we were doing the social, yeah. the Sunday social thing. And uh, 
I kept throwing him curves <laughs> because we hadn't rehearsed any of this stuff. Yeah. So I said, do you know, this is the key, <laughs> you know, key of D, let's go. See if we could see if we can keep it together. You know, we, uh, we it kind of works. Yeah, yeah. It works. That's, that sounds great. Well, why don't we start? Do you want to play a song to start sure, out? Sure, sure. All right. You want to do how long? Uh, key of key, D? Key of D. Key of D. Key of D. Pulling out the D harp. <laughs> you know, uh, we've got a friend, Dan Beaver, who used to be the bartender over at Timothy's, and now he's a journeyman, but uh, he's also an outstanding harp player, and he um, plays with you know all kinds of blues bands in Chicago and stuff. Uh, he's got a big like belt that he wears where he keeps all his his uh, harmonicas like a harmonica bandido yeah yeah right any time any second he's just gonna whip you know load up that gun with bullets and just <laughs> uh and get going but uh i always whenever i you know see more than one harp i'm always like of course there has to be more than one harp there's you know all these different keys that have to be have to be satisfied and uh i'll let you guys go all right down home who, How Long Blues. How Long Blues. And who originally did this one? You know, offhand, I don't know. All right. I'm just going to mute myself and you guys go. Down Home Blues. And feeling so bad Just lost the best woman A poor man ever had How long How long Baby, how long It's been gone 
to that sun red, blood red sun gone down. what i'm talking about I, <laughs> is, I love that stuff that yeah. is great you guys have clearly been playing together for a while and you yeah. got it you know tuned together that was really really awesome well i owe a lot of this to dino <laughs> he knows how to play them harps like i haven't heard people in a long time so how did you guys meet how did this uh this es- why don't this you tell this story get started dino. this is a funny one um there's a trombone player um, uh, in Bridgman, who actually booked us, uh, booked a gig for Ed Bagatini and myself in a, in a trio setting with Tim King. And we've known this young lady for a number of years, ever since she was in high school. And I mentioned to her that I needed a new duo partner. And she said, Ron. How do you like that? The next thing we know, we're jamming in Bagatini's store. Yeah, she gave me his number. Uh-huh. And I went up there, and I see this guy. I'm thinking, I think we're going to get along just fine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we've just been horsing around ever since. Oh, uh, that's great. He didn't know I played this kind of stuff. We were doing jazz. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I started talking to him about this, and he said, my grandpa knew these people. This is my grandfather's really? blues. Really? Wow. Yeah, well, uh, you know... Um, uh, Ron's wife Marge is in the studio with us, and uh, <laughs> so she brought over the the Wikipedia entry for that song, and okay. uh, it originated in Indiana. Indian, in Indiana, doesn't um, surprise me. Yeah, so um, you know, a lot of trains come through the Midwest. I'm I think sure that Marge is it Scrapper Lee, Scrapper Blackwell. Scrapper Blackwell. Yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scrapper Blackwell. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Dino, how long have you been playing, um, you know, the harmonica, the harp? And, well, and it sounds like you also play French horn pretty well. My freshman year in college, uh, a girl dumped me. and uh, my Got the blues? F- <laughs> my friends all got real sick of me moping around, so they all chipped in and bought me a harmonica. Oh, that's great. It's a shout-out to <laughs> Lisa Johnson and Kirk Cox because... I started playing, and then the next thing I know, <laughs> the next thing you know, you meet Ron, and uh, no, there must have been something that happened. Thirty-five in years later, we meet Ron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I've been playing ever since I was a freshman in college. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a hobby. It was something to do when I hitchhiked. Uh huh. You know? uh, what about the French horn? Where did that come in? Were you playing that before and uh, had that as a base of your uh, musical? You know, I went understanding. to music school just like most people do, and I went to Oakland University, and 
I studied uh, classical music, and that's the French horn part of it. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so you were already musical, and then he picked up the harp. Yes. So that, you know, uh, I mean, because the harp is a, is a really um, utilitarian kind of instrument where people can pick it up, and even if it sounds bad, they can follow along, almost like... You know, I mean, I don't mean to take anything away from a drummer, but, you know, drumming has that kind of effect, too. I mean, keeping the beat is... But with uh, harmonica, you know, you you really have to know your tongue and the breathing and, you know, where to take it on the... That's where the the French horn comes in really handy Uh because I'm, I'm playing an instrument that is 180 feet of tubing. Right. And uh, it's got a very tiny mouthpiece. So when I picked up the harp, the harp was just is just easy as pie. <laughs> you had all that space to work with. <laughs> right. <laughs> to try to make sound. And you don't have to pucker your lips. Or... <laughs> no, there's no buzzing involved. <laughs> yeah. But, but you do need a suitcase to carry them all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least a lunch pail. <laughs> you should consider these <laughs> you know, the, um, Bandero uh, holders. Those. Yeah, those are really neat. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone's got their style. And yeah. uh, don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't give up your uh, lunch case. That's definitely the, the way to go. Uh, so, uh, you know, how... What about your instrument itself, your harmonicas? Like, how did you choose those that particular brand or, um, you know, the particular harmonicas and the keys that you're playing in? This is a pretty good story. Um, when I was in eighth grade, um, the musical group War hit the streets. Uh-huh. And they were playing at the Moore Civic Auditorium. Like low rider and the yeah, uh-huh. and well, it was before low rider Lo- was Cisco Kid. Uh-huh. Um, the world is a ghetto, um, slipping into darkness, and uh, well, I wanted to go see the concert, but it was kind of forbidden by my parents. Well, I snuck out <laughs> and I went and saw this concert, and the particular harmonica player for war was this um, Dutch guy named Lee Oscar. And I predominantly use Lee Oscar's harmonicas. I see that on there. It's written right on the harmonica. Right. Okay. Wow. He came up with, um, well, he he was an unusual character in the first place. Uh, The song that got me was City Country City off of The World is a Ghetto. It's a harp feature. Uh And uh, he blew all of us away that night. How fun. (laughs) That's, that's, you know, to to have such a recollection of that, too. Uh, it must have really been a significant uh, event like that. Oh, yeah. And it kept uh, harmonica in your mind for quite a while. So, um, you know, are there other harmonica players that, you know? Well, after that, you know, I started listening to a lot of different harmonica players. And, uh, you know, my my grandfather was instrumental in saying to me, well, these are the people that you should listen to. Ah, that's helpful. Um, He... he, (laughs) he, uh, Sonny Boy Williamson was one of the first directions he's, he pointed me in. Yeah. And then he pointed out, he said, you know, Willie Dixon was a really good harp player, but most people know him as a bass player. Or as a writer. He right. wrote a lot of yeah. those songs. Right. Yeah. But he was a really good harp player. And then I've seen James Cotton. James um, Cotton, yeah. Sugar Blue. Um, there's a, a Paul a, Butterfield is a famed blues harp uh-huh, player. Yeah. You know? So uh, as I, I got older, I started picking out some of the other players, but I still kept Lee Oscar in mind because he's the guy who started this. Yeah. And he came up with some neat ideas. Most of the old harmonicas had wooden uh, frames uh-huh. and brass reeds, 
and he came up with the idea of having interchangeable reeds uh-huh. so that if you you got yours all gummed up you could replace them uh-huh. or at least clean them yeah yeah and uh, when he did that he also came up with the idea why not get a harp and uh minor keys oh okay so he has natural minor keys uh-huh. harmonic minor keys and then he also has melodic minor keys oh man so that you can do almost anything with his you could really yeah. get into the weeds here yeah <laughs> yeah so you only have five harps and i figured you know one for each octave or uh one for each note but you in fact have <laughs> far more than than just Did five I use the word suitcase got, yeah yeah you were right Far more than just uh, one for each note. So you've okay. got the the flats and the. Uh, it gives us the opportunity to play blues in major keys and minor keys. Yeah, real yeah. easy. That's amazing. Uh, and so, um, at what point did you um, you know study French horn? And was that in in college that you yes. went to school for classical? Yeah. Okay. Um, and obviously that taught you not just uh, how to play the French horn, but how to d- d- learn composition and, and things like that and uh, um, how to read notes, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But this isn't reading. Uh, What's this, not reading? This isn't reading. This is feel. Yeah. And this, right. is, this is so much more down to earth than, than playing my horn. Yeah. And uh, it's portable. For sure. <laughs> At least if you know what key you're going to be going in. We could go sit in a park anywhere and play. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it depends. I mean, I would imagine in a situation where you brought a particular harp, then everyone else is going to have to play in the key that you brought that harp for. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I guess so. Uh, do you still play the French horn? Do you, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. Okay. I play, so you haven't completely given up on your... Uh, I'm a jazz French horn player, so I'm a little bit different than most people. Um, I was formerly known to play in almost all of Edward Bagatini's groups, and since Ed has retired from playing and performing, I have my own duo with Ron, and then I also play in a couple big bands. I play in the IUSB big band, and I also play in a big band out of Grand Rapids called Big Band Nouveau. Oh, wow. So uh, how often do you get out and play? Well, as much as we can. Yeah. As much as we can. And um, is this something that you do full time, or uh, you do it when you're not? We're trying to get the... to the point where we're doing it full time. Yeah. I, I am a substitute teacher, and uh, I've been in this area for a long time subbing. And after we closed uh, Bagatini's Music Store in downtown St. Joe, I went back into the sub pool, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Do you teach music to the kids? Well, it depends on what they want. Uh huh. You know? Oh, as, in terms of what what they assign you to do as right. a sub. Well, do you uh, do you do any teaching on the side or anything like that? Oh yeah, I teach private lessons. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, it seems like um, that's a that's a big thing that a lot of musicians do. They'll uh, especially if you've got a background in um, music theory and things like that. You know, you spend a lot of time helping other people learn learn how to play. And um, so do you teach French horn and harmonica or do you uh, have a, well, you I'm approach also, it more generally than that? I'm also the bass player in a, in a group called the Chippewa Project out of Buchanan. Oh, wow. And I'm also a bass player in a, a small bluegrass group. Right now we have not 
discussed the name because uh-huh. we didn't want to you know, doom ourselves to a, 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 a specific name. <laughs> like Johnny's Secret Stash. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, kidding. <laughs> but but we, uh, there's a trio that we do, and it's uh, nothing but bluegrass music. So, oh, that's and awesome. I'm, I'm a fretless bass player in that group. Really? Oh, yeah. so you play a stand-up bass or a guitar-style bass? Guitar-style, but with no frets. No frets. Wow, that's got to be challenging and uh, kind of fun, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a blast. <laughs> uh, and so with uh, Bluegrass, I mean, do you guys do your write your own songs, or it's a little early in that? No, we... we basically do like we do in a jazz group we play standards ah okay um, uh, we're now expanding our repertoire because uh, i noticed that the guys uh uh really dug a tune that i put into the repertoire called all blues by miles davis but i'd never heard a bluegrass group do it before i had not either <laughs> well it sounds hip that would be fun <laughs> Do you guys have any gigs coming up? Anything that uh, we have a thing coming talk up about? in, in uh, I think probably in August, and that's Chippewa Palooza, which will be in Buchanan at that time. Oh wow, that sounds great! Yeah, uh, so that, it's keeping you pretty busy. You've got all kinds of stuff going on. Oh yeah, and um, and then on top of that, the the teaching. Yeah, the goal is not to be teaching. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Right, um, so. You know what is your what is your true love? I mean, is it uh, you know the kind of blues that you and Ron play? Is it the jazz? Is it uh, bluegrass? I mean, you know, when you have to uh, do you, do you have a favorite, or are you just kind of like doing it all? You know, one of the things that attracted me to Ron is this thing about American music. And yeah, we don't we don't teach our kids American music. We learn a European tradition when we study classical music in, a, in our high schools and junior high schools. We don't learn American music. We don't learn jazz. We don't learn blues. And we don't learn the traditions of where these things come from. And I grew up hearing about Blind Blake, Blind Lemon Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, and these guys were my heroes as a kid coming up because... They traveled from one place to the next with nothing. Right, and right. That whole migration up from the Delta and, and uh, you know, all that it brought people to Chicago and, and up north here. Uh, you know, within, you were mentioning northern Indiana before, South Bend. Um, Pine Top Perkins had spent, like, some of his last years. He's from LaPorte, Michigan. Yeah. 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 Or LaPorte, Michigan or LaPorte, Indiana? LaPorte, Indiana, excuse uh, me. Oh, yeah. So, right, he was just just across the border from where we are here. And he spent a lot of time uh, playing around. Uh, so I understand, you know, people would go to the bars and stuff and he'd play and uh, people could see him there and stuff. Um, but other than that, like, I don't really think about this area being a destination for uh, traditional, you know, blues players. It's basically a stop off point because it's in uh, between Chicago and Detroit. Yeah. So a lot of guys would pick up gigs in South Bend or in Elkhart uh-huh. or in those particular towns and then go on and migrate back up to the Detroit area and play. Yeah. So, you know, I 94 is one gigantic thoroughfare for almost all the musicians. I think you're right. I, I noticed that too. Um, it, you know, in this modern day where, you know, if a band's playing in Chicago on a Monday night 
bar, let's say, like a Thursday night, and then they've got a gig in in um, uh, Detroit on a Friday, then sometimes you know a lucky lucky place like the Acorn Theater might get uh, might get an opportunity to have them come and and play like in that in that off day just because it's on the way. Yeah, well, we've got places like. Grand Rapids is an incredible area as far as the arts are concerned, and it is sure. up and coming. And people make make special trip to stop in the Kalamazoo, and then on their way through Kalamazoo, they usually go up to Grand Rapids. So you're starting to see a lot of nice, really nice places come up that hadn't been here in years. Yeah. Well, what are some of the places that uh, that you like in Grand Rapids and we and play at Kalamazoo? a place called the Stray. Uh-huh. And where's that in Grand Rapids? It's it's a little bit outside of Grand Rapids. Okay. And we put a 25-piece big band in on their place. stage. Yeah. <laughs> that uh that's that's a big group to have in in a is it a big stage then? Can they hold it or no. it's uh, everyone squeezes on there? When we get done with the interview, I'll show you some pictures from it. But it's an incredible uh, arts venue because yeah. they really they they push the arts in Grand Rapids more than they do in certain other areas of the state. Uh huh. And Grand Rapids is just big now. Yeah, it really has become um, quite a quite a place uh, for music and um, all kinds of music. It sounds like I mean. You know, not just um, uh, rock or or blues, but even you know, big jazz and things like that. So, what kind of people do you find coming to these jazz shows? Are they, you know, people that that uh, listened to it when they were when they were younger, and it's a nostalgia for them, or that they're you know really hip on the newer stuff coming out? You, you know. Who goes to jazz shows these days? I I was really surprised. It's it's a cross segment it's kind of like the blues you've got young people who are just now discovering it uh-huh. and then you've got the older crowd who've been listening to it for years and then there's a nice mix in between so when when i look out at the audience when we're playing and usually the place is packed um we're playing to a cross section uh-huh oh nice that's uh that's what you hope for you know that uh there's enough there's people who who love it and know it well, and they're they're coming still, and then you know it's being introduced to younger people or uh, folks that that might not have had it directly on their radar for a while. Got to give a shout out to these uh, uh, jazz programs. One program at Western Michigan and uh, Grand Valley's program, as well as the other programs across the state, they're producing an audience that's twenty something, and it's nice to see. Yeah. Well, so how are the how are the schools doing that? Just by because they have really good jazz programs right in their school systems, and Western's program is outstanding. It's world class. So you're not just talking about the musicians that are being exposed to this stuff, but the students who are learning of it through it just being available on campus, and then it changes when they the get whole demographic the when you start seeing uh, really good jazz groups coming out of Western Michigan and out of uh, Michigan State. And back when I was in school, the only school that had a jazz program was Oakland University. And is that where you went? That's where I went. Ah, okay. Uh, and did so when you went to um, college for music? Did you have an idea of what kind of music you wanted to learn about, or um, you know how did that how did that happen? 
Well, the jazz program was something else. It was started after the uh, riots in 1967, and it was a program designed specifically to help those students, African-American students, find their own voices. And it was started by Marvin Doc Holliday, and he filled the, the jazz program with a number of other cats, most of them studio guys from uh, Motown. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. More than half of our, our faculty when I was in school was, uh, were all ex-Motown people. Oh, wow. Did you do any teaching there after you graduated? No, not no. at all. I just went into, I went into teaching as a, as a way to get by. Uh-huh, yeah. So after you graduated, did you um, um, work professionally in the music yeah. industry? Yes. And so what kind of things were you doing at that point? Auditioning for the South Bend Symphony. Ah, and okay. Playing in the Laporte Symphony and the Elkhart Symphony. And at that time, Southwestern didn't have one, but I would have been in that one too. So you were truly uh, classical. Classically trained. Yeah, classically trained and, and worked in the classic classical environment. Right. And when did that change? You know, when did you get to a point... When sophomore year in college. Oh, all right. So it was even before he graduated. But in terms of your career, when did you move from, you know, being in symphonies to uh, venturing out into big band and, and uh, blues went, kind of music? I went to Berkeley. And when I went Berkeley to Berkeley uh, School of Music in, yeah. uh, in Boston? Yeah. When I went to Berkeley, it changed everything. It, it made it so it was, it was possible as an undergraduate at Oakland University because we had a very inclusive professor. He liked to have diverse instrumentation. I went to school with Regina Carter. Oh, okay. And she's a jazz violinist. And when she came, she changed everything in our ensemble because she was playing the lead alto saxophone parts on violin. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the band had to make an, um, a screeching halt and adjustment <laughs> to play with her. And she was a phenomenal musician and still is. Well, that, I mean... Th just when you're when you're doing that kind of stuff, making a drastic change like that, fortunately, you know, you're all well trained in theory and music and you can make those adjustments and it probably makes things even more interesting to to have a little bit of a wrench thrown into the usual routine and getting an opportunity to, you know, dig in and, and learn new things. And Ron, I mean, that that is sort of exactly what you've done. I mean, here, you know, you've spent a lot of time uh, uh, playing jazz songs and mm -hmm. playing Great American Songbook, and now you're you know getting into more of a blues thing, too. And well, actually, it, it's the other way around. Uh -huh. I've been playing this kind of finger-picking blues probably since the mid-'70s Yeah, when I graduated from my ragtime period and uh, just have always loved this kind of stuff. It got turned on to Yarmulke and Hot Tuna right, and right. all that. That's when when I really started getting into the deeps of it, I've I still got, I don't know, hundreds of records of all these old blues guys. The jazz came later. It I came see. later, uh, probably in mid-2010s, like 2014. Well, the common element with jazz and blues is that there's, you know, it's, it's based on improvisation, or at least, you know, mm -hmm. uh, at, at a core level, there was a lot of, a lot of improvisation, a lot of, a lot of uh, mimicking of other musicians and well, borrowing. We, and we steal like everything from everybody. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, and improv gets just fits in the middle. Yeah. Um, but the, the you know jazz is based on blues. You can't play jazz if you can't play blues. It's right. Pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Or it, vice versa. I mean, they're both kind of. Uh, 
Yeah, I would, but blues really provides more of the solid base for the whole thing. And um, I find it, it, it helps me with my jazz stuff. How so? How does it help you with the jazz stuff to... Um, you know, basically, blues. you know, understanding how you can improvise over the changes in a song. Uh huh. Okay. Which is what you're doing in blues. Right. It's just in jazz. You there are chord there, there are chords that are different. So, you know, you might be playing an E rather than an E flat if you're playing the blues. Uh huh. Whereas if you're dealing in the key of F and it's F major, you'd be playing an E F A C E. How many people remember that though? <laughs> Staff line F A C E. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. It, you have to know what you're doing, but it, it, uh, the blues, I think, basically is the foundation of the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, and, I mean, my understanding was that the blues was always relatively simple compared to some of the, you know, some jazz and things like that. I mean, it's primarily like a 4-4 beat that you're, that is mm-hmm. focused on with blues. Uh, but within that, there's a lot of space for, not just improvisation, but emphasis and uh, sure. and you know sure. um, being able to uh, really make you know a groove happen and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I mean basic blues is is a what we call a one four five progression, you know something like. That's a basic one four five progression. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, but that's that's the, the solidity solid part of it. But there's all kinds of variations that you can throw in there. Um, so in one measure, instead of four beats, you're going to do a chord for two beats and a chord for two beats to get back to your to your time. Right, so right. It, it gets it gets geeky, but it's fun geeky. <laughs> Have you guys um, set up some shows coming up? Uh, the 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 two of you. We're working on it. Okay. And what are you calling yourself? I'm not sure. <laughs> Big flank stare. <laughs> you know, we're, we're playing the open mic at the Acorn on Friday. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, and that's so gonna uh, we're going to do this. I don't know what songs we're going to do yet, but I built this the Guitar Blues Project. I figured Dino uh, would beat the poop out of me, but what the heck? That you is know, great. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> that, that's a great name, too. The, uh, Guitar Blues Project. Yeah. That, that's, I like that. Um, and you know, I don't know, Dino, if you've been over to the Acorn for their open mic, but it's uh, it's really a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know. I think Dan Dietrich is um, he's is he's hosting. Host. Yeah. And so they'll have uh, the hosting band do like two or three songs, and then they'll have the different bands come on and do maybe you know two songs each, maybe three. Two and songs, two ten songs. minutes. Two okay. songs, ten minutes. That's it. Yeah. And then at the end, they do a whole jam where everyone yeah. comes up and plays you know yeah. the same song, and and it really it kind of is a mix of um, different uh, open mic styles. Uh, oh, yeah. Some open yeah. mics are as you know, you show up with your with your you know bag of uh, of tools and put your name on a list, and then they call you up. And others like Acorn, I think they've they've pretty much they get it set up like days ahead of time. There's, oh yeah, there's and no, it's and it's more of a juried process. Oh yeah, you know, I uh-huh. mean, you, there's. Um, I was working. Jury, I, I, yes, I served on the Acorn board for four years. Yes, you and did. I, yeah, and I worked the open mic program oh, for, that's for a right. while. Yeah. And at that point, people would just come in and there were some people that would get up on stage and play and you just have to put your fingers in your ears and crunch. <laughs> oh, I think I need another beer. Right. Kind of thing. Um, that, that, that's no more. That's, that's true. It's no more. No, There's so some really talented people that come to play They're looking there. for people to, you know, if you want to play mm-hmm. it, you need a demo. Yeah. Unless you're a known quantity. Right, right. So. And even then, you know, they've already seen you so they can tell. But you're right. right. There's a little bit of... Um, 
uh, I, I think you said uh, judge, uh, like they call it a, a juried. Juried, yeah. So I mean, it's basically mm-hmm. you know you got to show us that you can do what you say you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. uh, but it uh, brings out some really good musicians. It does. And um, because it's you know not an easy um, club to get into, then you know it it just perpetuates that that kind of uh, yeah. thing and, and it's, it's definitely it's a, a lot of fun it's a great program yeah it's a great it program. I, I there's it's rare that i'll go to one and not really just be blown away by some of the musicians i see there and it's free and it's free well you know they're looking for donations of course they but, are but uh, uh and you should you got to keep the in. lights on uh, but um and they have a bar and they have a bar <laughs> that's, that's right. right so yeah that always helps you know? right free right. music and beer yeah and wine how could you go wrong <laughs> I, I know and and uh comfortable seats very much so. <laughs> um but uh so uh dino you um have, there's this big gap so we've been talking about you know your education in college and and subsequently uh and now you know you're you're doing this uh um in the harbor country area in the Berrien county area and it sounds like you're even getting up to kalamazoo and, and grand rapids yeah. too um you know what kind of things were you doing in between? Were you were you always working on blues or always working on jazz or did you uh, you know? Well, the last project that Ed Bagatini and I did was a, a, a group that, that we called Birth of the Cool, and we both co-wrote for it. And uh, it, it was a ten-piece um, Miles Davis style on, ensemble. Wow! And we ran that for about I I want to say about ten years. And played a lot of concerts at the Box Factory and other places in this area, and hired a lot of local musicians. But it, you know, when he reached the age of ninety-two and wanted to close the store down, oh yeah, he was. Oh wow, I didn't realize he was he was that old. Yeah, he's yeah. still playing though. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's I don't think uh, you know musicians just don't stop like that. You know, they uh, they can't. just keep going. They can't stop. That's <laughs> no. right. Uh, you don't hear about too many musicians like truly just retiring. Right. Um, they, you know, they, they play to the end. <laughs> yeah, we ran that 10-piece, and then we also had a little five-piece group that we played together. And, and then I also played in his trio. I was the drummer in his trio. So you played the drums, too? Oh, yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> so you are all around the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try to play as many of the rhythm section instruments as I possibly can. Right, right. It's a good foundation, and he insisted that you pick up one or the other. And then we talked about it. I I wanted to be like one of my other mentors, Jiggs Wiggum. And Jiggs plays everything. He plays the piano, he plays bass, he plays drums, and then he picks up his trombone. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, so... You know, you've been playing in this area for a, quite a long time. You know, anybody else that uh, you've played with that, you know, the audience might recognize? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. Most of those guys are, you know, literally dead. Yeah. And yeah. When I first started playing blues um, back in this area, I was playing with a group called Bobby Stone and the Rhythm Rockers. And uh, Bobby Stone was known as the... Uh, um, guitar player that played with junior walker and the all-stars ah okay yeah um you know there's a really good all blues show on saturday and sunday out of uh south bend 
Oharv, and so you're you're nodding. It seems like WVPE. Yeah, WVPE. Blues review. Uh huh. He's uh, he he knows the blues, and uh, we've known hard for a long time. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's a good guy. He's played the American Music Festival that the school puts together every summer. Oh, yeah. For the last two seasons. Okay. He's yeah. our he's our blues guy because the band. The Blues Cats, spelled K-A-T-Z. Right, right. The Blues Cats, they're just they're just pros. I don't think he, um, I don't think they play together as the Blues Cats anymore. But no, that uh, might have changed. But he did get on stage at the Acorn um, maybe a month or two ago, and I want to say I'm trying to, I think it was with Bruce Katz. Bruce right. Katz, the the piano player right. who also went to Berkeley, right, and and taught at Berkeley. Yeah. Well, I was lucky enough to we were lucky enough to have him on the show here too. Uh, he played at the Acorn, and uh, he was gracious enough to to come on the show. And uh, you know what a pleasure that is. It's uh, you know, it's uh, I, I I'm always fascinated by the process that uh, musicians go through, and uh, you know their thought process, and and uh, you know just the kind of tried tribes and tribulations that they go through. Um, so um, uh, anyway, had a chance to sit down with Bruce Katz as well. Wow, cool. Uh, have you uh, ever done any writing, uh, written your own songs or things like that? Um, most of the writing I did was arrangements. I did a mm. lot of arrangements for that 10-piece group. And oh, right. We uh, last year did an arrangement of a Pat Metheny song that I wrote for the IUSB Ensemble. And that was a 20-piece big band. Oh, gotcha. Wow. It was aleatoric, though. And uh, tell me what that means. It means that <laughs> instead of having written parts, there were only five people who had written parts. The rhythm section, trumpet player, um, myself. Then everybody else's part was improvised. Wow, that's great. So that so, it would never sound the same way twice. Yeah, and you just had that backbone of... Uh, the name of the tune is Is This America by Pat Metheny, and it's a really incredible tune because it's dedicated to Katri- Katrina 2005. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Pat was really upset with the way our American government handled Katri- Katrina, Yeah, and so he wrote this tune for it. It is an unbelievable piece of music i'll have to listen for that but pat Metheny's all instrumental uh, i don't think he's there's any singing in any of his nope. songs right no nope, not at all so it, it, i'm always uh so fascinated that um an instrumental song uh you know when they when it's named it often will you know remi- make you think of that it's not just the lyrics that make you think of it but uh when it's you know there, when there's no words is this yeah. america yeah, yeah. And he really makes you think about the way we treat each other. Just through the music part, right. without Pat, lyrics. Pat's voice is his guitar. Yeah. 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 And what he does with his amplifiers and <laughs> the effects that he uses have an immense... I mean, he invented so many different electric guitar effects. Really? Yeah. Uh, and does he use pedals and things like that, or he's just pedals, able to create these noises? two amps, sounds. Fe- you know, certain feedback loops to mm-hmm. give him a certain sound. Uh, he was really a pioneer in that. Whole he also thing. uses a synthesized guitar. Yes. Oh, uh-huh. And we'll bring it out on most gigs. I saw him about three years ago, and Pat was is something else. He had Antonio Sanchez with him. <laughs> yeah, but also when he comes out with a beautiful acoustic guitar, he can make that sing too. Yeah. yeah. 
He just makes me feel really small. <laughs> he's just such an incredible musician. He really is, and he's been around for quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, glad to hear that you know his music is still relevant, and people are working with it. And and you've spent a significant amount of time really digging in and composing from his songs. I mean, that well, you, you must have a real good a, sense of. He's a Berkeley grad, and he was one of the few Berkeley grads to actually come back and teach at Berkeley. Oh yeah, uh huh. And he's responsible for a lot of jazz guitar literature. Um, specifically written for guitar ensembles and small groups. Wow, who knew? Yeah, that's <laughs> he's uh, he's he's like a musician's musician. You yes, know, he, he, is. Uh, he. I mean, I've heard of him, and I've I probably seen him a couple times. I uh, used to come to uh, this venue close to where I grew up, but uh, it's been a while, and and to know that um, you know his music is still very relevant in the jazz world is is good to know. Uh, how do you guys want to play another song? Sure. All right. Let's do freight train. What, do oh, you? good one. C. All right. This is a song written by Elizabeth Cotton, and um, I've been playing this song for a long time. But um, I recently changed up the lyrics because I went back and listened to my Sonny Terry and Brian McGee record, and they do this song, and it reminded me that's the way I used to do it first. And then somehow I graduated to the Elizabeth Cotton version and said, there's something missing. Yeah. And then when I realized, like, I'm missing Brownie. <laughs> so that's what you're going to get. All right. All right. Great. See that train, oh, 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 makes me feel like I wanna ride some too. Just don't tell them what train I'm on and they know what route I've gone. I asked that brakeman if I could ride the line. He said, I don't care, this train ain't mine. Just don't tell them what. Train I'm on and they won't know what route I've got. Freight train, freight train, going so fast. Freight train, freight train, gone at last. Just don't tell them what train I'm on and they won't know what route I've got. Let's hear that train. Wave that train from here Just don't tell them what train I'm on And they won't know what route I've got 
There's a long old rail and a short cross tie. I ride those rocks till the day I die. Just don't tell them what train I'm on, and they won't know what a route I've done. So when I die, don't bury me deep, just at the foot of old Chestnut Street, so I can hear that old number nine as she rolls on down the line. Freight train, freight train. So fast, freight train, freight train, gone at last. Just don't tell them what train I'm on, and they won't know what route I've gone. Just don't tell them what train I'm on, and they won't know what route I've gone. Let's take it home. Just don't tell them what train I'm. And they won't know what route I've gone. All right, that is great. Uh, so I've heard that song from uh, uh, John um, Jerry Garcia and, and oh, David yeah. Grisham. Grisham. I had done that song before. It's a standard. I mean, it's, when, when right. did Cotton write that in the 20s? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a long, yeah. long-loved standard. So what's the difference between the two versions? Uh, what was the lyrical cha- difference? The harmonica. Ah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's no harmonica on the... I mean, we joke, I'm Brownie and he's Sonny. Uh-huh. And, the, and the joke is that those two guys had a gig for close to 65-plus years. Really? Wow. They hated each other. <laughs> But they played these amazing gigs, and they made a great living. Brownie, Brownie learned the blues from his dad. Yeah. And, you know, it was almost like the two of them harmonized, and we were just listening to the record the other right. day. Yeah. Har- harmonized on a fifth, yep. which was very cool. So, I mean, is there like a favorite song you have from that generation? Uh, or you, From that period? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. There isn't one particular it's song. It's really hard. Um, <laughs> I, personally, yeah. I'm a huge fan of Reverend Gary Davis. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And so um, songs like Hesitation Blues, uh, Death Don't Have No Mercy, yeah. um, I Am the Light. I mean, those kinds of songs, I play them a lot. And, and I studied, I had a chance to study under Yorma. That's right. To learn yes. some of that stuff. But I had been playing that stuff before. Right. The, um, uh, hot Tuna. Uh, yes, Hot Tuna. But what's the name of his ranch? The Fur Ranch? Fur or? Peace Ranch. Fur Peace Ranch, that's right. It's a pretty Yeah, cool very place. special place. And I know that you've spent a lot of time there. And, uh, you know. It's like Guitar it, Heaven and Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, mixed together. Yeah, yeah I'll bet. Yeah, just a, hanging out with all these really good musicians. Right, and then and, out, awesome teachers. I mean, Well, that's Norma the whole point. You and, go there, to, and it's very intense study. Yeah. But the beauty of it is that after you're done, you get something to eat, and then you go out and hang out. Uh huh. Hang around the fire. Just, just hang around jam the, all together. Just jam. That's great. Yeah, so uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, had, were, did you make any plans to go this year? I know no, you were going no, each they, year. No, they've gone mostly virtual. Oh, okay. They've gone mostly. They just did two in-person ones this year. Uh huh. That not might as, change in 2024, but right now they're sure, they're sure, keeping it that way. Right. Uh, not as not as much fun probably to do it online as it was to sit around the fire and and all that. 
It's true. But, uh, I did do easier. a virtual. I did do a virtual last almost a year ago now with a guy named Pat Donahue out of the Twin Cities, and um, yeah, it's not quite the same. But the beauty <laughs> is, I have it recorded. Yeah, that's so right. So I can you go can back again and again. Study say, it. What was that lick he did? Right. So yeah, that's great. I could steal more licks from Pat. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and uh, so where do you see your your duo going? Uh, I mean, you got the Acorn show coming up uh, this Friday. And um, are, Weddings, are you going to... bar mitzvahs. Uh, <laughs> you know, wherever. I have never heard Havana Gila with a harmonica, but that will be a new start. <laughs> um, wherever it takes us. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I really like nice. the idea of us basically doing um, both. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Because one kind of fed into the other. It, it does, you know. But looking at this kind of music, you know, for me, I've always seen myself as a keeper of the faith. Yeah. Or the flame. Sure, you know? sure. I mean, uh, you're not definitely a lot of a people purist. play this music, and and I just it just I hear it. Yeah. It reaches me, and and I want to turn other people onto it. And it's not easy to find venues that people are interested in listening to because. You know, they want Neil Young and da 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 da. I'm sorry, that's you can listen <laughs> yeah. to a record for that. I, I, I hear you. And this is uh it, it I mean, the blues have been a little bit of a of a unfortunately kind of a little bit of a dying genre since the fifties in essence, you know. And right. then and then it took like the Rolling Stones and Johnny Winter to to bring it back into the mainstream and let people like well, and, it was a poppy type blues. Yeah. It, 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 Mixed rock and blues, and rock is based off of blues too. Of course, the progressions are all the same. Yeah, no, of course. But what I guess I'm saying is that uh, it's the blues. People who sing the blues love it, and people who listen to the blues love it. But it's the blues for a reason, and and uh, you know, there's there's just always something down that. It, it's trouble. It's it's, it's down uh, and dirty music. Yeah, it's down and dirty uh, music, and, and it's like also it. misunderstood and and uh, doesn't get the attention it deserves. And you know what I, I like about us? Yeah, is that we are throwback. Yeah, the the two of you. We are a throwback Literally, for sure. Um, there's no electricity here. Right. This you, is all acoustic. Mm-hmm. That's this right. is what makes it so, so hip. It is, really is. Is, is that we're, we're doing something that my grandfather saw in the 1920s when he saw Blind Lemon Jefferson. Right, right. A guitar. Yeah. And a harmonica player. Right. And, uh, I mean, we no have amps. mics, but you don't, really, you don't really need them. And uh, I, I'm, I'm with you. I hear it. I, I hear what you're saying, that uh, it's... I mean, it is, it's the traditional um, music that, that survives through the music we listen to today, um, but it just doesn't get the attention and respect that I think it deserves. You know, you go to a, a blues bar, and, and sometimes they're not full, you know? Right. You go to a uh, Taylor Swift mo- show, and uh, you Bye. can't even get a ticket. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's that kind of dichotomy going on with music, and uh, why do you think that is? You know, it's, it's a difference between traditional music and pop music. Yeah, you know, I think that's really where it comes down to. I mean, you have to remind yourself too. At one time, jazz and blues was was pop music. Yes, that's right. That was the popular music of the time. And the great point. American standards were mm-hmm. the popular music of the day. Right now, it's withstood the test of time because it's fantastic music. The Gershwin stuff, Rodgers mm-hmm. and Hart lives. Lennon McCartney will live the test of time because yeah. it's great music. 
Right. The Stones will live the test of time. Yeah. yeah. There's certain people who are going to, you know, survive. But the pop genre itself has changed so dramatically now that you're not getting real natural. You're seeing things that are overproduced. Yes. And the drums sound like they're created by a computer. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, you know, there's a certain organic aspect of that music that is totally missing to me for sure the human yeah. touch yeah. you know somebody screws up once in a while you know they turn it into something really cool that's right, right. Well, that's what comes through with the blues the organic aspect yeah. of it you yeah. know the the realness of it yeah and uh, you don't necessarily get that with a lot of other music synthesized music for sure that's why uh, people like me fall in love with these guitars i know yeah is that your newer guitar this is, this is my custom arm. oh my yeah. god that thing is beautiful it is yeah. and it sounds so friggin' good <laughs> yeah. my god Man. well you get a lot of opportunity to play with it too <laughs> every day if i can yeah. <laughs> so wonderful yeah this has been great and um uh so uh, other than, um, are, are you going to also play jazz together? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. Yeah, we're going to work what, on that. What, what's that going to look like? Just the two of you or is part of At a bigger point, group? At this point, but, you know, I'm thinking we need to get a bassist. Yeah. I mm. really do because we need a bottom. Yeah. You know, a guitar and a French horn are cool, but it's hard for a guitar when I do a solo to do a, unless I'm doing a chord melody, which I do. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to improvise. You know, I can improvise with chords and, and do modifications there, but true improvisation, you know, uh, melodic improvisation I can't do. Right. As, right. as easily. Yeah. It's harder. So we'll see what so, happens. So that group would be uh, the two of you guys. Would you be playing the harmonica? No, that would be French horn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll find someone who plays a horn and you'll play the bass. I, we don't know. Gotcha. That's the organic aspect. Yes. Of it. That's, that's the organic aspect. We keep playing and we see what we're going to do. Beautiful. Well, looking forward to seeing what evolves out of this, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, it's just this so so much fun to dig back to you know these these old cl- blues classics mm-hmm. standards and uh, um, and really play them like people might have heard them back in the the day like that. That's our plan. Uh, yeah, that's Except our plan. Then probably they might not have heard it through the radio. You know, <laughs> the other day I played. Uh, do you know a song off a Sunday Terry Brown and McGee album called I'm a Stranger Here? Yes. And it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the song finished, and he said, that was just the two of them? I said, yeah. He said, man, they made a lot of music. Oh, yeah. One yeah. guitar and two voices in harmony. And harmonica. And a harmonica. Whew. Wow, yeah. And, and so we're doing that song. Right? <laughs> if it kills us, we're doing that song. You know, um, uh, that is true. Sometimes when you know you have two people in a band or three people in a band, and they can sound louder and bolder than a much bigger band. You know, mm. think of uh, power trios like Jimi Hendrix Experience or or Cream or uh, you know they they had a really big sound and they only had and they had three, ginormous Marshall amplifiers and they had ginormous <laughs> Marshall amps. That's true. That's right. But uh, ZZ Top is another group that, ZZ that, Top, that yeah. has that sound. But what we're going for is, and, and I love it, is is this pure acoustic sound. Yes. And since since I picked up my my fretless bass, the idea of playing unplugged is so cool. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, you know, maybe uh, maybe you'll bring all your various instruments. 
and and uh, try to incorporate it into the duo at some point. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in I mean, we've talked about taking a. Uh, I have a pretty good ambient mic. Yeah. And you know, having Dino over here and me over here, and put the amp, the mic right in the middle. Like true bluegrass kind of uh, playing. Yes. All dancing around the same mic. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this is going to be great. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys, and uh, I'm here with Ron Spears and Dino Jackson, and uh, they're um, they're they're unnamed traditional stand blue standard duo that they're <laughs> going to play. Brownie and Sunny. Uh, and I, so the first thing that you got coming up is uh, open mic at the Acorn right, this, Friday, this Friday, the 13th. Right. Uh, and um, looking looking forward to it. I hope all, everyone can make it. And you're listening to uh, you're listening to us on uh, Radio Harbor Country. And this is John Goldman with Johnny Secret Stash. And Radio Harbor Country is 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan. That's WRHC. And uh, 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. That's WRHZ. And that's all we got for tonight. Well, thank you very much. And thank you guys for, Thanks for joining us. us. Thanks, this is really a pleasure. And... Uh, We'll see you next time.